Well, folks, it's podcast time again. It's Jerry Adams and Shaw, August. First of all, last weekend I launched a, an Instagram account. So if you want to log on to it, it's all lower casing jerry.adams.sf. I left my heart in Bella Murphy High on sleep do it calls to me I downloaded a new album Cheek to Cheek by Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga over the last short while. It's brilliant. Now, I'm a long-time fan of Mr. Bennett and in more recent times of Lady Gaga. And this new album, Cheek to Cheek, is an invigorating stroll through some old favourites like Anything Goes and other standards, alongside some more modern melodies. Tony Bennett is 94 years of age. He's also suffering from Alzheimer's. Now, you wouldn't know that from listening to him singing cheek to cheek. But according to his wife, that's the only time recently that he's been his old self. At other times, he appears to be oblivious to what is happening around him, except when he's singing. It's sad, but yet there's a joy. It's wonderful to listen to this 94-year-old doing what he does best and enjoying himself as well. Tony Bennett is celebrated for his decades of singing hit songs. He's been a lifelong activist, a dedicated pacifist, and an advocate for social justice and a cleaner environment. He marched with Martin Luther King in the Selma to Montgomery civil rights demonstration. He's also an acclaimed painter whose work has raised millions for good causes. But it's the singing that most of us enjoy. Nell O'Donnell, the head of our Shannad team, Shannador O'Donnell, is one of his more well-known fans. But unlike Shannador O'Donnell, myself and RG have had the good luck to hear Tony Bennett sing live a few times. These were during conferences organised by the Clinton Global Initiative. CGI in New York and he sang a few songs to round off the events. One such event was in Carnegie Hall. It's long been my habit as RG will testify to slip out of gatherings as quickly as possible. I used to slag Martin McGuinness for the slowness of his exits from events. Getting you out of there is like getting a drunk out of a public house. I would berate him. RG is even worse than that. Me? Once the business is done, I bamus. Exit stage left. Lots of times by side doors or back entrances. So it was in Carnegie Hall. The main exits were blocked by slow-moving CGI attendees. All of us bowed up by Tony Bennett's closing performance. So as is my want, I exited stage left out of the side door crooning 
I left my heart and Balamurphy quietly to myself. The side door opened up into West 56th Street. From there, it was only a matter of yards to the 7th Avenue and the Sheridan Hotel where we were staying. So I was so happy at my good luck. On numerous other times, I've successfully withdrawn from a gig only to be lost in a maze of corridors or back entries. Guess what? Standing in his own, in the corridor leading to outside, was Mr. Bennett. I opened the door for him, and he walked out to a limo as it eased up to pick him up. And as he passed, he saluted me and R.G. Good night, Mr. Adams, he said. Good night, Mr. Bennett, I replied. Starstruck. I left my heart in Ballamurphy. I on sleep do it calls to me. Ah oh, well. I want to do now just quickly with the issue of policing. All societies need a police service. A police service that works in partnership with the community and with citizens. Community policing is not the same as policing the community. A police service is different from a police force. The North does not need another police force. We had that with the RUC. For 80 years, that paramilitary wing, the armed wing of the Unionist British state, employed a plethora of special laws and repressive techniques to maintain Unionist domination. The Good Friday Agreement established a patent commission as a means of creating a new beginnings to policing. Progress was made, but in the last few weeks a series of events and issues have emerged that have inflicted significant damage to the hopes of the patent vision and the PSNI, and they have also highlighted how much needs to be done to win community confidence. The Armour Road debacle was one such event. The bully boy tactics of the PSNI officers attacking relatives and survivors of a loyalist massacre caused widespread anger. The behaviour of, P- of the PSNI towards Mark Sykes and others, and Mark was a victim of the original attack, also drew attention to the withholding of vital information to the police ombudsman investigation into the Armour Road bookies attack. Last week's anniversary of Pat Panookin's murder bar unionist death squad, acting in collusion with the RUC Special Branch, British Military Intelligence and the Forces Research Unit, also highlighted the ongoing refusal of the PSNI and the British state to open the books on the use of collusion as an instrument of government policy. And then there was the revelation that the tapes of PSNI interviews of two investigative journalists were blank when handed over to them as determined by the court. That is, the handing over was determined by the court. Them being blank is an entirely a responsibility of the PSNI. The two journalists, Trevor Burney and Barry McCaffrey, produced No Stone Unturned. This documentary examined the 1994 Lachlan Island massacre in which six men 
watching a world soccer game were killed by a Unionist death squad. Two of the weapons used in that attack were part of the South African sourced arms shipment which arrived into Ireland in the late 1987s for the UDA, the UVF and Ulster resistance. And it was stored for a time at a farm in South Armagh, which was the centre of activities for the infamous Glenan gang. And this gang is known to have killed upwards of 120 people and involved members of the RUC and the UDR. Subsequently, in July 2018, the two journalists were arrested by the PSNI for allegedly handling a stolen document used in the documentary. Research material, including computers, cameras, notebooks and files, were taken from their homes and offices. In July 2023, High Court judges ruled that the PSNI had wrongfully obtained warrants to carry out the raids. The judges said that there was no basis for the arrest of the two journalists. And Lord Chief Justice Sir Declan Morgan also said that Trevor Burney and Barney McCaffrey had acted at all times as investigative journalists and in accordance with their professional code. He said, We see no overriding requirement in the public interest which could have justified an interference with the protection of journalistic sources in this case. In the following December, both men and the company, Fine Point Films, were awarded over 800000 in damages. The PSNI also agreed to hand over to the two journalists the recordings made by police officers of the interviews they carried out with them. The tapes arrived with the legal representatives of both men last week, but when they were played, they were blank. The tapes included the opening introductions of the interviewing detectives, and that was all. Subsequently, the PSNI said that the error was not intentional and it would investigate the matter. However, it would appear that even before it carries out its investigation, the PSNI has already determined that what happened was an error and not intentional. Trevor Burney echoed the concerns of many when he said, After all we've been through, how can we not think that someone within the PSNI was at their work? The tapes just didn't erase themselves. Once again, the PSNI is launching another investigation in relation to Lachlan Island. When are they going to get around to investigating the actual massacre of six innocent men? So there you have it, folks. Once again, the failure by the British government and the PSNI to implement previous agreements, including the 2014 Stormont House Agreement on Legacy, has only served to undermine further confidence in policing. Serial apologies by chief constables are not enough. Real change is needed in the attitude, the behaviour, in the accountability, in the culture of the PSNI. Too many relatives of too many victims have been told that information relating to their cases is locked away for decades to come. Others believe that information in their cases is deliberately buried in the archives of the RUC held now by the PSNI. If PSNI Chief Constable Simon Byrne wants to forge a different future for policing, then he needs to go back to the vision of Patton. 
Gullier, Slan, Good Joe.